Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. and Alternative Parties Books Publisher sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Hey. 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 How's it going today? It's going. Not too bad. Yeah, technical gremlins, I guess, but you know, we're 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 off to the races. Yes, we are friends today. We have Gregory Phillips of the Social Occupation Libertarian Party. He's going to share some interesting ideas with us and talk about his party. So let's get started. Mm-hmm. You're kindly giving us an introduction to yourself, a brief biographical sketch where you live. Mm-hmm. I live in Indiana and in, um, in 2011 into 2012, I did my election um, besides voting, um, which was when my town and my, uh, my area, my town was having a lot of blackouts. Um, you know, I, I learned that you can prevent the sort of blackouts that we were having by burying the power lines. So I began, um, during one of the blackouts, actually, I got my power inverter going, I got my printer hooked up to my power inverter, my network in my car. And, uh, I drove around town and handed out, um, you know, uh, basically a petition for us to try to bury the power lines. Um, and it was semi-successful able to convince NIPSCO to uh, at least cut down all the branches anywhere in the area around any power lines. But, you know, um, it, it stopped the power. So I'm pretty uh, pr- proud of that. Um, in 2012, uh, right around the time of the campaign for president, um, the 47% comment really, really just, um, you know, I am on the dole, for lack of a better word. I, I received Social Security disability and Social Supplemental Security income for a disability. And so the idea that the Republican Party and the, the person in charge of it at that time would not even consider me to be a viable vote, they just completely go completely to their corner and everything else like that. Sense by that. And I didn't think the Democrats were really handling it well. So I, uh, I, I wrote the founding document for the Social Occupation Libertarian Party and, you know, the rest is history. Um, basically it's, uh, me trying to, because we are a majority independent, um, voting country, we have about 40% independents, about 30% Democrats, about 35% Republicans. Um, you know, I was trying to get these voices that I had, um, I had these voices in the political, uh, my were not being represented some sort of representation, you know, your Bernie Sanders and a little bit of Rand Paul and Ron Paul and stuff like that. Um, so it, uh, the name of the party is the Social Occupation Libertarian Party, Socialists and Socialists, Occupation as in, although we believe in the, um, the things that the Occupy Wall Street movement um, supposedly um, uphold, the things that they believed in, they were not successful. You have to, you can't occupy a park and then call it, you know, um, active, um, you know, changing the system. Libertarians, because libertarians usually vote Republican, but you know there are a lot of social libertarians in the Democratic, um, you know, caucus. So um, that's I'm, you know, trying to combine, trying to make a coalition of the um, the sort of Democratic socialists like uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and Bernie Sanders and people that believed in the Occupy Wall Street movement, which I'd say the solid 40, 50 percent of people in the country that believe that you know businesses shouldn't be um, throwing their fellow out in the streets just to make another two percent profit um quarter over quarter and then the libertarians which you know i say most people are socially libertarian there are there are evangelical most people don't care what another person is doing as i say in the in the founding document with their genitalia on the weekends unless they're hurting somebody so you know that was so is it fair to say your party is a synthesis between libertarian ideology and this ideology Libertarian socialist, what kind of ideology? Socialist leftist. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, I think there's a lot in common. I, I think the way the political spectrum is a straight line where libertarians are on the right and socialists are on the left. I don't think that I think it's a, I think it's a circle. I think if you go far enough to the left, you get people like the Socialist Rifle Association and the DSA. And if you go far enough to the right, you get a lot of the libertarians and, you know, uh, a lot of the, the people that want the government out of their business. But, you know, I, I think that there's um, there's a lot of things that the far left and the far right have in common. And if they could work together, then we could maybe have a legitimate. Um, I, I don't I'll be honest with you. I don't believe in truth or in a in a system where it's um it's a bicameral system where we only have two viable parties i think that we should you know reinvigorate this party and uh one of the two major parties to kind of become this new party um if that makes any sense like kind of like the tea party i wouldn't consider the tea party to be a third party because they all vote republican and uh, i wouldn't believe that the democratic socialist america is a true third party because they all vote you know democrats so you know this is effort to try to change you know what what's already in the make so do you see yourself as a caucus that wants to enter those two parties or how do you see your role in changing this two-party system well um in my opinion you know uh caucusing with the democrats caucusing with the republicans i i think that the more you talk with somebody the more you can reach a uh the more you can reach some sort of understanding so you know as far as I would have a caucus in Congress, you know, with maybe 15, 20 members or something like that. I think that we would caucus with both parties. And, you know, because, you know, you have your Christian cinemas and your Joe Manchins who are supposedly Democrats, but they 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 have a lot of beliefs that go align with the, the right. And then you have your 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 people like Bernie Sanders, who's but, you know, he still believes in liberty, social libertarianism and stuff like that, in my opinion, at least. So um, caucusing with the Republicans and caucusing with the Democrats seems like you know um i think the more you work together with you know people that you disagree with uh, the more likely you are to try to get something through congress um it it kind of uh <laughs> i'll be honest with you in my opinion congress hasn't accomplished much of anything in the last 10 years i mean we we call the i think a year that do nothing congress was uh whichever president was talking about the do nothing congress but if you actually look at how many bills the do nothing congress got passed we're at like half of that if not less and it seems like every year over year um the congress is less and less successful um i think we should probably you know um try to redo I, I'm not a strict constitutionalist. Um, I think that it's a, it's a document that was made to be retrofit, is made to be retrofit um, year over year, and before it was even passed, it was amended 10 times. I think we need to, you know, put some of the FDR Second New Deal things into writing in our Constitution. I think the chance we have of staying the United States of America and not, you know, something worse. When you say Second New Deal, what specific programs and policies are you thinking of putting in the constitution um in there's a video that was in uh there was a video that was in the what was it called socialism a love story um uh oh no story by michael moore and he actually shows the video that was never actually uh put on tv or anything else like that, but it was recorded by fdr shortly before he died he wanted us to have everybody to have a right to a home everybody to have a right to a well-paying job everybody to have a right to um to uh, healthcare, and those are the three major things he was. I think he had about six amendments in his second New Deal, and I would add to that that everybody should have a right to transportation, um, and that you know we should all have a right to vote, um, you know, without restriction. I think 
Um, I think those very brief things, most people would agree, are something that everybody should have, but it's just a matter of uh, in, uh, in the, the founding document of the country to try to make sure it, it still is represented um, as well as it can be, at least. Getting back to what you were talking about earlier, it caught my attention when you said when the power went out, you hooked up, if I heard you right, you hook up your car, your vehicle to a power converter kit, and then you printed out the Fire. documents of your party. Can you explain how that works? Oh, well, that they have for long road trips called a power inverter um i hooked up a little tiny hp printer to the power inverter in my car it was a i think it was a that time it was probably a nissan quest uh, minivan um and so i hooked up the power inverter to the cigarette lighter in the car and actually ran um copies of uh, the petition that i was passing around um in the car like while you know my mom was driving the car i was printing these out and we were heading around the neighborhood to try to hand them out and i was knocking on doors i was i was of, uh, you know, I was tired of the, the, the power going out. It was interrupting, you know, I, I was working from home and it was interrupting everything. And it was, it was about the third time in a couple of weeks. So um, I just, I printed out a, a very short, sweet to the point, you know, petition and handed it to at least, oh, it was probably three dozen of my neighbors on, you know, one of those really hot days in the middle of summer. But, you know, um, it was the only thing I could think to do. I'm not, I'm not one to sit on the sidelines if um, I think I can help. So, you know, I, felt like that was the best thing I could do. And, you know, it seems to have been somewhat successful. They did eventually cut down all the branches in the neighborhood that would have um, caused the power outages when the wind. So, you know, somewhat successful. So the power outages have decreased then? Well, they, they've basically completely stopped. I've moved out of that neighborhood, but, you know, even for years, I was still in the neighborhood before I moved out. Um, they, there were no more power outages. <laughs> there were no more, uh, you know, it's a, I, Indiana is a very temperate uh, state. So we get a lot of wind and we get a lot of storms um, and the wind would just blow. And every time a branch would hit one of the power lines, which was very, very wooded, it would just knock the power out. And it would happen so often that we literally had people buying um, two or $3,000 generators and running power lines across the street. Next, the uh, Across the street, neighbors would have the power outage, and then we would have power outage. It was really, really nasty stuff. But uh, Nipsco, I believe, is the company that um, you know provides power for the area. Sort of fixed the problem. They didn't bury the power lines, which is what I would have wanted, but they did you know, do what they could um, cost-effectively to try to prevent the issue from continuing. So when you printed them out from that printer, did you have your cell phone and you sent it to the printer by Wi-Fi? I'm interested how the you did this technologically. I think I uh, had a netbook. Um, I had a little Toshiba NB505 OR netbook, little $250 netbook that I um, I'd been using for a few years. Just I hooked up my laptop uh, to the printer and I just printed out um, this uh, little orange and red and white that was back before I had actually found it at the party. Was wanted to be in the party colors, and it was a little, you know, um, direct, uh, direct sort of uh, petition thing. And I had folded it around so I could put it over people's um, handles if they weren't home. And if they were home, I little, I, I literally just, you know, knocked on the door and said, "Hey, I live right around this corner there, and you know, um, this is uh, something I'd like to do. Um, are you tired of in this neighborhood?" Everybody to a person said yes, and you know, they, they, um, they either called Nipsco or you know, um, gave me their information so that I could. Uh, go and, and uh, talk to them about um, burying the power lines. So, you know. So is a new area better? Are there any problems that you're addressing there or do you feel this 
new area is fine the way it is? Um, you know, I live in the new area and it's, it's, it's different. I've moved from, you know, a more suburban area to a more urban area. And so we have public transportation, which is great, but you know, um, it's just, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's different. So, you know, I, I don't like it any worse or better. I, I really did like the area I was in, but you know, I had to move for work and stuff like that. So, you know, um, I actually, uh, <laughs> I actually enjoy living in a red state is kind of weird for a person that's, uh, you know, the left side of the diagram, the blue side of the diagram. I like living in a red state because there's a lot of um, things that you can do and there's a lot of work that needs to be done in the political activism side of things. So, you know, um, I don't I don't believe in gerrymandering in terms of, you know, only Democrats in this area and only Republicans in this area. That, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, the last, uh, Barack Obama's, uh, Barack Obama's attorney general. Um, I think his name is, uh, Elijah. Mm, do you know his name? Uh, oh, what was his name? Yeah, I Barack can't. Obama's Say again? I can't recall, unfortunately. Working on, uh, trying to reverse gerrymandering and he's, he's, uh, working with the democratic national committee to try to reverse gerrymandering. And, you know, um, I think that's probably the best chance we have of having an actual, you know, representative democracy for the foreseeable future. I mean, it, there were more people in 2012, sorry, more people in 2016 and 2018 and, you know, that voted for Democrats in Congress, but we got fewer seats. So, you know, um, I don't think we have a fully functioning democracy at this point. If for no other reason than, you know, your vote doesn't count unless you live in a district that represents your particular party. Um, so I'm hoping that uh, fix that before you know before it, it comes to a head as it did on January 6th which I think that was that was just the uh, a symptom of you know uh, a democracy that doesn't seem to be representative um, whether it's on the left or the right you know I think people when you don't feel like you're being listened to sometimes you just stop talking and sometimes you you do things that are just not right you know and in in a reaction to that so um you know i think january 6th was just a symptom of a much bigger problem and i i feel like you know the tea party was a wave the barack obama 2008 um election was a wave the tea party was a wave the occupy wall street movement was a wave. It keeps going back and forth back and forth like a pendulum getting bigger and bigger um i'm hoping that the country can thrive and survive the next wave um to be getting worse and worse but you know i think talking is the only solution we have in passing laws um to try to um protect people's rights so yeah that's what comes in a little bit so like how do you recommend, awesome. i'm sorry go ahead. so how no, do you recommend we change the redistricting how would we redistrict in a way that would be representative and fair i think that geometric shapes of districts is the best way but you know there's the We've kind of gotten caught in the middle of the the fence, um, kind of doing both things. Some liberal, some liberal areas are gerrymandering so that you have blue voters in blue areas, and some Republican areas are doing the same thing. And so I feel like we should either just do geometric shapes, so we don't have people picking their voters or maybe we should just and this is just me playing devil's advocate you know maybe we should just go all the way with gerrymandering you know maybe we should just you know have completely you know um completely separate you know separate but equal i guess district sort of thing um that that was a, a, a satirical sort of thing that i had in mind 
what if we if they really want to gerrymander if they really want you know this country to to have only republicans in certain areas and only democrats in other certain areas then do we really need to remain a country as one you know it's it's a very radical thought but you know if if we're not able to have a functioning government. I mean, the sequester was a good example. The sequester was basically the right and the left getting together and saying, "Okay, look, we're gonna we're we're gonna chain, we're gonna we're we're gonna put a gun to our head, a, a metaphorical gun to our head, if we can't pass a budget." And then they weren't able to pass a budget, so the sequester wound up happening, and they lost a uh, a lot of um, the earmarks and stuff like that that were going to their districts. I feel like if you had four hundred and thirty-five or five hundred and thirty-five, whichever it is, um, number of people, I don't get them to agree that the sun rose this morning um you know in terms of just having the senate hundred and the, the 435 uh congressmen the sun rose this morning um but you kind of have to in order to get anything done so you know maybe there's some other way that we can do this um you know it's i don't have much faith in 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 the government uh to function when it's literally not able to pass a budget and not able to, you know, even fix the Voting Rights Act, which I, I felt like that was a big bad sign of uh, the future, um, that the Supreme Court broke down the voting rights. And we see how the, the, the partisans have really, you know, worked that to their advantage to the detriment of, I think, society. So, you know. So where can people see your platform of your party? Um, they can go to the free Bitlink. Bitly is a shortening, a link shortening company. Um, the free... Um, BIT, that's Bravo, Indiana, Texas, um, dot emo uh, yellow, uh, that's dots very important. So it's bit.ly slash S-O-L-P-A-R-T-Y um, 12. Uh, 12 is in the year 2012. That was what I found in it. Um, it's got a bunch of stuff in there, but, you know, um, I was trying to, you know, do uh, some sort of advertisement to show the party off. But, you know, I'm, it's still got the founding document and a couple other documents in there. Um, one um, sole strategy, um, which I think, uh, you know, maybe as a political activist, we should probably be talking about doing a debt strike because um, one of the other things that really, you know, bothers me about the way our economy works, um, and I, we may have, uh, I, I forget whether or not we've uh, been able to talk about it this time, but um, the, the fact that um, 160 or 180 or so million people only have about 2% of America's wealth. Um, literally less than or somewhere around 2% of America's wealth in the hands of the bottom 60% of the country, financially speaking. That's just, <laughs> that's just you know, it's, it's actually worse than the, the ages when serfs um, serving plutocrats, um, because at least the plutocrats didn't have running water and, and we, we were all kind of in it together. They needed us for protection and so on and so forth. The, the way that our, our economy has not been serving the bottom 60% of people over the last, I'd say, 50, 60 years since Reaganomics um, is just atrocious. You know, there are more people in prison right now than there were ever African-American slaves in the South. And, you know, there are more people can't afford a $100 doctor's bill than ever before. And it's, it's, it's not, it's just not fair. You know, I, in the sense of fairness, you know, I think that we should redistribute the wealth. I'm not, I'm not, I don't even apologize for thinking that. Um, I think that we should redistribute the wealth. I, if you have $184 billion, then you should <laughs> be taxed on that wealth, um, even if it was just Elizabeth 
2% tax, just two cents on every dollar that, that redistribution could, you know, that could basically feed the hungry and also, you know, perhaps, um, the, the naked and, you know, take care of the, the, the least of us. So, you know, I, I always find it interesting when people on the conservative spectrum, you know, say they don't want to redistribute the wealth yet, you know, they have to the, to the, the more powerful people among us, the, the whole, Reaganomics idea was we need to have trickle down economics. We need to have people at the top get more money so that they can give it to us at the bottom. And, you know, that's redistribution wealth. That's class warfare. You know, that's, that's might not be violent class warfare, but that's, that's the sort of thing that, you know, um, I think when you really break it down, people on the right and the left, and I've noticed this just with talking to people, you know, everybody believes in fairness, but, you know, it depends on what's, um, what's actually being done about it. So, you know, I'm hoping that uh, I'll be honest with you. I, 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 I love AOC. Um, I, I love her. I think she's one of the, the most, the most verbose um, people on the left that's able to, uh, that's able to uh, enumerate the, the problems that we really have with um, our lack of uh, a functioning for the middle class and the lower class. And, you know, I hope that she'll be president one day, but, you know, I don't expect it because we, we don't live in a, you know, a country that, is okay um that was why i named the country the 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 party social not socialist um in the founding document i mentioned some of the things that i consider to be socialism which is you know our roads our bridges our tunnels our highways and levees that don't fail um that's all socialism in my opinion um and we are in that way a socialist country the same way the army um the has universal health care for army um for army families and everything else like that but you know that and don't combine the word socialist with um you know the things that are actual you know signs of socialism i believe in the police and fighters and i believe that those are the sort of arguments that you need to make when you're convincing people of becoming you know a more a more socialist nation or whatever else like that so you know so you said that was available at bit.ly slash edsl perry i'm sorry sure. phillips Sorry, no, um, Soul, Soul Party 12, S-O-L-P-A-R-T-Y uh, 12, B-A-T.L-Y, S-O-L-P-A-R-T-Y uh, 12. Okay, okay. So how else can people support your organization, your party? Tom Hartman says democracy is not a spectator sport, you know, um, tag your it. It's, 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 it's most people think that they can help posting on Twitter or posting on Facebook. Um, but if you're not calling your congressman about, you know, um, passing the John Lewis Act and passing um, the voting um, upgrade and also uh, the, the $3.5 trillion over 10-year infrastructure bill and the, um, even the, the budget that they just passed that was, what, $1.5 trillion, I guess. Um, you know, all, all four of those things, you know, just call your congressman. Um, you can, there's, I'm, I don't have the number memorized, but if you just Google call my congressman, zip code you know they really don't get a lot of calls um except when there's something important that people are really feeling bad about but it's just do whatever you can like i i, I work i i work and i also you know I, uh, I i work as much as i can to try to better my own life 
but it's not easy. So, you know, I'm not the sort of person that is paid for, but I'm not, I'm not a professional lobbyist, basically. I don't, I don't get paid to advocate like a lot of the people that are um, um, on TV talking heads sort of thing. So, you know, just do whatever you can in your district uh, to try to get, you know, laws passed that really represent you and what you feel is right. Um, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, the, the, the second update to the, 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 the law that was part by the Voting Rights Act of, um, of 1965, um, and the, the two 1.5 trillion and also the 3.5 trillion, um, the reconciliation bill was the, the actual um, bipartisan uh, infrastructure bill. All four of those things are the most important things in the country right now to worry about. Uh, January 6th worry about but that was a symptom not the problem so um just call your congressman and and get out there and uh and vote you know that sounds like a good suggestion so we thank, thank you. you for coming on the program today and sharing your views and talking about the social occupation libertarian party thanks for having me have yourself a great day and all the best to you and your party thank you you too bye-bye